0: Welcome to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast, your weekly study group about cosmic witchcraft. I'm not here to teach, just share what I love. I've studied witchcraft like it's my full time job, and now you don't need to spend as much time and energy to get started. I'm known as Asteria in witchy circles, I'm a city girl spiritual seeker and start obsessed, like Amnatsuki Shinomiya in Utapri. Oh, just a warning, there will be loads of otaku references. I'm the one friend that people go to when they want to know whether they can blame a retrograde for their problems, or they can't make sense of their daily tarot card. And now I'm here to be that friend to you too. Thanks for tuning in, enjoy today's episode and I look forward to connecting with you. Minor Arcana and the Zodiac, using the Tarot for Witchcraft, and a 4-car spread for the year ahead, using the Zodiac. The Tarot is probably my one favourite thing as a witch, even more so than candle magic, which is still likely my most on-brand way to die. Tarot and astrology are both things that people suggest I should do professionally, and I don't want to monetize everything in life, but reading tarot is the one which tempts me sometimes. I guess it's also the one that's easier to approach in a more secular way. Although I find that the idea of believing quote unquote in astrology, or tarot for the matter, is the wrong idea. You don't believe in English which, by the way, was largely made up by Shakespeare. Astrology and tarot are just symbolic languages that give us the tools to talk about the human experience and what a rich tapestry do they provide. Now, a brief history of the tarot. The tarot started as a court card game in the princely courts of northern Italy in the mid-15th century. While the association between the playing cards found in Italy nowadays and the suits of the tarot is more evident in Neapolitan cards, you can still see it in the presence of Jack, Queen and King, following ten numerical cards. The Knave, which would be a page, got dropped at some point. You can look up the Visconti's Forza tarot in all its golden late medieval beauty, but aside from the equivalence in the card, there is nothing else connecting them to what we think of as tarot, which came from a post-enlightenment interest in the occult and mysticism. In 1773, a written source about tarot is found in France, which is why we call it the Tarot, and not Tarocchi, as it is the name of the aforementioned deck. It's the primeval world analyzed and compared to the modern world by Antoine Cour de Gébelin, with its unfounded theory that the cards originated from Egypt and included the wisdom of Thoth. At the same time, two more theories took hold in France, one linking the tarot to fortune-telling, which was how a man writing under the pseudonym Etheia made his living, and the other that the tarot contained the Hebrew alphabet and was, therefore, linked to the mystical Jewish tradition of the Kabbalah. This idea was of a former Catholic priest by the pen name Eliphath Levi, who wrote a history of magic, among other things, and through it impacted the Emetic Order of the Golden Dawn which, you may remember from episode 1, was the go-to place for practitioners of magic in Victoria and the in England. So apologies, it's raining, it's been raining all day, and I'm kinda of tired of waiting for it to stop, so I hope it's not going to be picked up too much in the audio. Anyway, this is how we arrive at the Tarot as we know it today, where everything comes from the ride of smith deck, either by derivation or by rejection. In 1909, the poet and occult writer Arthur Waite hired the artist Pamela Smith to illustrate this series of 78 cards that would be published by the Ryder company. Ironically since the Roman Catholic Church would be the first place where you'd find condemnation of the tarot, much of the symbolism to this day is Christian in nature and what is is likely derived from the orientalist theft of the French occultists mentioned earlier. The idea of the tarot having a connection to the cosmos also comes to us from the Golden Dawn and their connection to Hellenistic astrology, which means they only use the traditional seven planets. The major arcana uh, the 22 cards that are symbolic rather than numeric, although they have their numbers starting at 0 and then ending at 21. Most likely, if you're new to these, when you think of tarot, you think of a Major Arcana card. If you are new to these, I dropped a link in the show notes for how to learn to read the tarot in general. To use the information in this episode for Witchcraft though, you don't need to learn to read the tarot. That's just one of the options I'm going to give you later. The Golden Dawn used three different layers to read the cards, the elements, the planets and the signs. I will tell you the correspondences in order as per the order of the Major Arcana. The Fool, air element. The Magician, Mercury. The High Priestess, the Moon. The Empress, Venus, the Emperor. Aries, the Hierophant, Taurus, the Lovers, Gemini, the Chariot, Cancer, Strength, Leo, the Hermit, Virgo, the Wheel of Fortune, Jupiter, Justice, Libra, the Hanged Man, Water Element, Death, Scorpio, Temperance, Sagittarius, the Devil, Capricorn, the Tower, Mars, the Star, Aquarius, the Moon, Pisces, the Sun, the Sun, Judgement, Fire Element, and finally the World, Earth Element. Now, I appreciate that if you are doing a reading the cards come up randomly anyway, but I think it's a needlessly complicated system. It's slightly more intelligible in the Deccan though. If you are familiar with the tarot, you know that the four suits have their own element one's fire, sword, air, cups, water, and pentacles, earth. However, the numbers from the Aces to the Ten also have a correspondence with the cosmos. They are based on the dignities of each planet. If this is a concept you haven't encountered yet, but you want to work with these, keep a list for reference or memorize them, but I'll put a link about it in the show notes. So the suit of wands. The ace of wands is linked to the fire signs, two of wands to Mars in Aries, three of wands Sun in Aries, four of wands Venus in Aries, five of wands Saturn in Leo, six of wands Jupiter in Leo, seven of wands Mars in Leo, eight of wands Mercury in Sagittarius, 9 of Wands, Moon in Sagittarius, and 10 of Wands, Saturn in Sagittarius. There is also a bonus with the court cards, which are the elements as they appear within the element of the suit. I'll put a link to Labyrinthus' breakdown of the elemental interactions in the tarot, but it follows the same rules as they do in astrology, which is how the aspects happen. Page of Wands, Earth of Fire, Knight of Wands, Air of Fire, Queen of Wands, Water of Fire, and King of Wands, Fire of Fire. The suit of swords. The Ace of swords corresponds to the air signs. The two of swords, Moon in Libra. three of swords, Saturn in Libra. The four of swords, Jupiter in Libra. five of swords, Venus in Aquarius. The six of swords, Mercury in Aquarius. seven of swords, Moon in Aquarius. Eight of Swords, Jupiter in Gemini, Nine of Swords, Mars in Gemini, Ten of Swords, Sun in Gemini, Page of Swords, Earth of Air, Knight of Swords, Air of Air, Queen of Swords, Water of Air, King of Swords, Fire of Air. I also forgot, this is as usual gonna be in the website's blog with a transcript. Anyway, the of Cups. 8 of Cups corresponds to the water signs, 2 of Cups is Venus in Cancer, 3 of Cups Mercury in Cancer, 4 of Cups Moon in Cancer, 5 of Cups Mars in Scorpio, 6 of Cups Sun in Scorpio, 7 of Cups Venus in Scorpio, 8 of Cups Saturn in Pisces, 9 of Cups Jupiter in Pisces, 10 of Cups Mars in Pisces, Page of Cups Earth of Water, the Knight of Cups, Air water Queen of Cups Water Water and King of Cups Fire Water Finally the Suit of Pentacles The Ace of Pentacles corresponds to the Earth signs, Two of Pentacles to Jupiter in Capricorn, Three of Pentacles Mars in Capricorn, Four of Pentacles, the Sun in Capricorn, Five of Pentacles, Mercury in Taurus, Six of Pentacles, Moon in Taurus, Seven of Pentacles, Saturn in Taurus, Eighth of Pentacles, Sun in Virgo, 9 of Pentacles, Venus in Virgo 10 of Pentacles, Mercury in Virgo Page of Pentacles, Earth of Earth The Knight of Pentacles is the Air of Earth the Queen of Pentacles, the Water of Earth And the King of Pentacles, finally, Fire of Earth All of these correspondences have a very poetic name in the writings of the Golden Dawn so if that's something that interests you please look them up and enjoy them Now, using the title for witchcraft the first most obvious ways to use the for witchcraft is, of course, for divination. I'm going to do a sample three card spreads using the correspondence we just discussed. I'm going to use the classic past, present and future on a hypothetical question about season two of this podcast. For past inferences I pulled the Wheel of Fortune. It's a major arcana, so it deals with the big overarching themes and it corresponds to Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion and good fortune. Wheel of Fortune takes its name from the medieval interpretation of fate and in the Rider-Waith-Smith deck, it shows the symbols for the four evangelists in Christianity and also correspond with the elements of the Zodiac, giving us a sense of circumstances outside of our control that the cast symbolise. With this specific question, we can interpret it as representing the tradition of magic that came before me and supported my personal expansion through studying that became this podcast, since its the expansion of the mind and therefore a Jupiterian theme. For present circumstances, I pulled the three of Wands, that's a minor arcana, so it symbolises the day-to-day circumstances of our lives, from a suit that corresponds to fire, and the card itself is sun in Aries. The threes can be seen to be about teamwork, as well as creativity and growth, which are also specific themes of the fire element in the tarot. The sun, which is self-consciousness and the will, is exalted in Aries, which is energy and new potential. So this card speaks of positive circumstances. In my specific death, it's a young man looking towards the horizon at sea during what I think looks like sunrise, so it has a hopeful undertone. I started something with season 1 that has potential for the future. For the possible outcomes position, I pulled four of pentacles. I swear I did a real shuffle and pulled blindly and did not make it up for illustration purposes. The Force mean both stability and stagnation, which I guess are both possible outcomes at this point in time. The circle corresponds to the Earth element, which is usually seen to be about money and the material world, but also means endurance and stability, or slow and steady growth. And the Four of Pentacles itself corresponds to the Lord of Material Power, the Sun in Capricorn. Of course, when am I ever going to escape my doom at birth of having to climb things and earn everything? So. Capricorn is the eye on the prize. nothing will stop me sign, but the caveat about this sign, and especially the sun in the sign, is that we don't have the will unless it's worth our while. So, going back to the 4 as stability of stagnation, continuing with this podcast with future seasons has the potential of going in both directions, based on my own feelings about it. When it comes to reading the tarot, you can also incorporate the cosmos by timing when you do a reading, even if you stick to just the tarot interpretations without these correspondences. Another way in which you can use the tarot is spell work, like we use the star in the third episode, or using the symbolism of the cards for the astrological seasons for shadow work. You don't even have to use the correspondences for this, you can just pull a card as a prompt and see what it gives you. A lot of people use their daily pulse this way, although I use it to check in with where my energy is at. You can use bigger spreads for journaling too. I tend to read tarot with at least the new and full moon rituals and the change of the astrological season as well as the other solar holidays. I'll take any excuse really. It's my go-to tool to read my own emotions. A way to use tarot for spell could even be a pull to see if you do need spell work around something. You could use the yes and no method, or use the card to illuminate which area of life you need a magical boost in, using either the meaning or the astrological correspondences I gave you. Now before we go, I'm gonna leave you with a simple 4 card spread for the year ahead using the zodiac. If you want to read the tarot but aren't too proficient yet, this version of the year-ahead spread is easier than a lot you will find out there. There is no reason why a year-ahead spread needs to happen at an arbitrary year start. But of course, next week is the new year in human design, as well as the Lunar New Year in the Chinese calendar, so if you want to do it at a new year, it's not too late. It's also the first new moon of 2023 too, of course. You probably guessed that it's four cards because of the four elements. You can ask the question differently depending on your beliefs. For example, you can ask what you need to focus on in the domains of each element, or what you can expect in the domains of each element. You centre, hold your question as you shuffle, either in your mind or by stating it out loud, and then pull the cards in order of the cardinal signs fire, water, air, and earth. If you want to take it, a level deeper, it's Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. And you can use the rulers of the signs to send you the specific message of how they can influence what outcome. And of course, they are two axes, and as such, they interact with each other. You can also look at how the themes relate back to your birth chart, although, if this is new to you, I'm going into more details about that in the Shadow Walk episode next week. You can look at the cards that you pick with as little or as much detail as you fancy. I'll do one sample spread again. For the final element I focus my question on my career and, I kid you not, I pulled the Ace of Wands. The Ace of Wands represent new beginnings in the creative realm. While Cups is also about creativity, Wands is about its expression, willpower and this can really encapsulate the themes of Aries and the First House. I'm in the middle of rebranding my business and making a new website to match the new direction, so I feel like I got a thumbs up from the universe. At the other end of the axis, we have Libra, which is a reminder to have balance between acting on inspiration and thinking through a plan. For water, I focus my question on my personal life and pull four swords. Swords is about the mental realm, and the Four is about rest and quite literally an invitation to step away from thinking about something. So, I'm taking it to mean I shouldn't worry about this area of my life and just wait it out and see how things unfold. At the other end of the water axis is Earth, so an invitation to do the things that keep me grounded instead of spiralling into anxiety, like for example yoga. For Air, I focus the question on intellectual pursuits and hobbies and had to laugh because I pulled the four caps. That's a card about shutting out external inputs, but also a reminder not to refuse to engage with the world as a result. I said earlier that this card for the golden dawn is the moon in a house of cancer, so in this context it really feels like an invitation to look at my spare time through the lenses of my emotions instead of just falling down philosophical rabbit holes like I normally do. I love to draw, but I haven't done it in a while, so that's something I can go back to. Finally, Health and Possessions. I pulled Two of Swords, which is a card about facing choices that have a challenge to them, or about partnerships or balance. There are more nuances, but these are the main topics. For me, the tricky choice is between protecting my energy and doing things that would help my health in other ways as well as choosing where to direct money to support these efforts. I don't have a clear sense of which direction I need to take, however, I'm taking the card to mean that I have to make a priority that I should think about it. The opposite in the axis is cancer, so that's also a reminder to take into account how my home and the people in it fit into this. That's all for now, we're back next week with an episode on Shadow walk followed by being a cosmic witch in the city and then a QA So that's your reminder that if you have any question for me just drop me an email at starryskypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com and then until then keep living in wonder. Thank you for listening to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast. A huge thank you to Jenna Sword at Jenna, S-O-A-R-D on Instagram for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to be notified when a new one comes out, please subscribe on your platform of choice. And if you really love it, leave a five-star rating and review, which will help me be found by more people who'll enjoy it too. Also, feel free to share it on social media and with anyone you think should give it a shot. You can send your questions and comments to my email starryskypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com or on Instagram at starryskypodcast. you can also subscribe to my monthly newsletter at witchymusings.substack.com where I share reflections and tips about the astrological seasons. Until next time!